When you're a business owner, it can sometimes feel like the odds are stacked against you, but QuickBooks knows you never back down. That's why they're always in your corner, making it easier for you to manage your business so you have the time to take care of details that matter most. No matter what your version of success is, QuickBooks can give you smarter business tools to get you there. QuickBooks, backing you. Learn more at quickbooks.com. That's quickbooks.com. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway, here to talk free markets and find out who Kara is getting a pedicure or having lunch with. <laughs> I'm having a Halloween evening with Elon Musk. We're going to be doing a podcast. Oh, my God. Okay, genius, shmenius. More importantly, I heard he gets great weed. Oh, okay. I don't do that kind of stuff, Scott. That Even kind though it's of legal stuff? here in California. That kind of that stuff? That kind of stone. I'm not a pot. I'm not. You know what? I didn't do that in high school. I was just not a drinker. I'm not. That's a, what like, went wrong. Yeah. Where can we hear that interview? Um, Enrico Dico. Anyway, so, um, we have lots to talk about. We've well, got lots on, to talk about on, last on. time. Okay, Hillary ahead. Clinton. Oh, last time we were there. What? Oh, yeah. So, Kara, <laughs> you spoke her. with Madam Secretary and saw her body language up front. What's your view? Is, is she running or not? Well, let's hear what she has to say. Do you? We're going to talk about 2020 in a minute. Do you want to run again? No. Wait. No. That was a pause. Well, I, well I'd like to be president. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, be, look, I, I, I think... Hopefully, when we have a Democrat in the Oval Office in January of 2021, there's going to be so much work to be done. I mean, we have confused everybody in the world, including ourselves. And we have confused our friends and our enemies. Right. They have no idea what the United States stands for, what we're likely to do, what we think is important. Uh, so the work would be work that I feel very well prepared for, having been in the Senate for eight years, having been a diplomat uh, in the State Department. And it's just going to be a lot of heavy lifting. You know, I'll tell you what was surprising. Yeah. I mean, she's a she's a she's a tough lady. And I like that about her. Yeah. She just says her piece. You know what I mean? And yeah. she really is used to getting just pillory. No matter what she says, she literally, whatever she does, they twist it into some like right. demented thing all over. Line. And I think one of the things is the president thing. Everyone was like, she didn't deny it. Like it was really yeah. interesting. She's kind of did. And I thought she did. And I think what she didn't do was she didn't completely shut it down. And yeah. so everybody went crazy on the internet. And on I, I was like, I was like trending on Fox News, which was really, my mother, of course, was like, oh, you're on Fox news i'm like great this is my end of my life right now but uh it was the they, they showed a lot of that of her talking about that and she talked a lot about russia which i thought was important and a about the election coming up and i thought she was incredibly uh you know calm and very clear and very forthright compared to a lot of other democrats she was she was very laying out the problems and uh i thought she did a great job uh and it was also her birthday which was nice that is um, nice. i'm trying to think what else what else did she say what did you i mean i don't you didn't so, really watch it but so it, well let me ask you you're there you're, you're seeing the body yeah. language if there's right. anything resembling a draft hillary movement do you think she's in do you think she's running again no, I think she would like to be part of a next Democratic administration. That's what I think. You know what I mean? Like, I think she's going to go down like Eleanor Roosevelt kind mm -hmm. of thing that, that later will appreciate the contributions. Eleanor Roosevelt was widely criticized when she was living. And, and she ended up being, I think, the first U.N. ambassador or something. She, anyway, I think Hillary would like a, a position of 
of something in the next Democratic administration. That's my take on it. Uh, and I think she should. She's highly qualified and would do a great job. And she's already obviously been Secretary of State. So yeah. uh, I think that may be more of anything. Um, but I don't think she's running in any way whatsoever. I, that, that's not the body language I got. What's interesting about her is she, when you interview her, it was interesting. She turns away from, I've interviewed three times and we get along really well and mm-hmm. we have a good rapport. But one of the things she does initially when you interview her is she sort of turns away from you and towards the audience. So it's a hard time engaging her. Like, mm-hmm. so I had to really lean in heavy with, uh, and, and, and also, but by the end she had her legs out, she was like relaxed, like ready to have a whiskey. And so mm-hmm. it got really better over the course of the interview, which I thought was great. So, so my theory is that every one of these mm-hmm. people wakes up every morning, looks in the mirror and says, hello, Madam President or Mr. President. <laughs> I think they all the want to be president. Vote. Yeah, she did. Yeah, well, yeah she did. Yep. Well, anyway, um, so the so everyone was talking about that, but let's move on to other things. There are mm-hmm. other things. I, I move on from these people, you know. They I interviewed A.G. Selzberger last week. I've got Sally Yates also this week besides uh, Elon Musk. Wait, hold on. You talked to Arthur. What? You, I you talked interviewed to Arthur? Arthur? How yeah, was I did. that? Arthur Jr. or whatever, A.G. Great. It was really great. We're going to be publishing it on the podcast, and uh, it was great. We had a bit, we parried, and we, you know, we went back and forth about the mm-hmm. role of the New York Times. I tried to give him a billion dollars from Lorraine Powell Jobs, and he refused to take it, which I felt was rude on his part. But otherwise, uh, we had a good talk about where the New York Times was going. He's a really, he's a really sharp uh, uh, young man, and he's, uh, I think he's quite serious about running the Times as an independent yeah. operation as long as, as they can. Yeah, there's something so, in the blood know, of that family. You were family. on the board, right? Yeah, you I was. You were on the board? I was. Yeah, for they a kick couple, you off? For a couple of, oh, yeah, are you kidding? Um, <laughs> you, do, have you met me? Anyway, so— Yes, exactly. That was why I asked, the, hence the question, did they kick you off? Say what you will about the Salzburgers. They're, in mm-hmm. their DNA is a commitment yeah. to journalism and a, a pursuit of great journalism, and they are— um, I didn't get along that well with his dad on a business sense, oh, but yeah. there's just no Me denying— um, that they have, you know, they have served. Yes. I mean, this, they yes, are an they asset. I, they are I a national treasure. I, I, they are. I had lunch with Sam Dolnick, who's the uh, one who's behind, like, the Daily and some of the digital stuff the, yeah. last week, too, which was great. And he's, they're just a really sharp ownership. I've been lucky in my life to be work. I obviously write a column for the Times, but I work for the Grams uh, family in mm-hmm. uh, at the Washington Post and the and the Salzburgers here. Um, I, I contract with them in this case. I don't, I'm not an employee of the New York Times, but I'm very lucky to have worked for two great uh, families who really do uh, care about journalism, and it's been a real a privilege for me in that regard. So just to so, bring down your anyway. high, you know who I'm having yes. lunch with tomorrow? Who? And this don't is the Chipotle. truth. This don't is the truth. It. Uh, Marvin Shankman, the publisher of Cigar Aficionado. <laughs> You're oh, the New York Times. Jesus. I'm hanging out with the Rob Report. Man, jeez. Yeah, I know. Sorry. All right, I move on. I did visit Pam Wasserstein from New York Magazine, another great uh, publisher. And uh, Anyway, all right. So now, the, so beyond politics and all these famous people we know oh, yeah. and our name droppery here. Yeah. Um, you win. That's, someone was the other day was like, oh, you shouldn't drop names. I'm like, I, all I do is interview famous people. What do you want me to do? Just say I'm, I'm talking to some guy who owns a car company today. Anyway, so let's talk about the first one, this story, which sort of got lost in the sauce, but it was a really great story, this report yeah. on Google, uh, Google leader's sexual assault allegations, specifically Andy Rubin. Rubin's $90 million exit package and the leaders accused of harassment uh, that Google employed. Um, 
and there's a walkout. Um, so uh, so they they're, they're going to do a walkout to talk about this issue, including getting rid of uh, these 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 agreements not to say anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's great. I think that's great within Google. So what do you what do you make of? I know a lot about the story because we've written parts of it. That we've written about Eric Schmidt. Some issues around Eric Schmidt. Definitely issues yeah. around Sergey Brin and what happened. And we also wrote about Amit Singh. I did about Amit Singhal. I actually informed Uber yeah. that he had some issues. So. And what New York Times did well was bring it all together and also had a lot of details about what went on with Andy Rubin, well, okay, who was the so, father of Android. So you're about to be generous and ask me what I think, and I'm going to say that yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, uh, a, not, a not proud member of the cohort called Straight White Males that is afraid to say anything on this issue <laughs> okay. for fear well, I will say something I stupid, which is, I do on a regular okay. basis, and then ruin yes. me in this podcast. Right. So I'm going to kick it right. back the, to you. What have right, you heard what's going on? I think the $90 million, the, one of the things that was really great from this article was the amount of money they pay. We had noted that it happened with Amit Singhal when we wrote about it, but didn't focus on it. And I thought mm-hmm. the really important part was how much money these guys get to go away. Um, and I think that was, I think, the most disturbing part of it. And I thought it was great, uh, aside from some of the, like, prurient emails and things that that, that they had Andy sending around. Um, but but I have a question. Disturbing. I just want to clarify. I'm, I'm generally yeah. asking this to, to learn not mm-hmm. to respond. Sure. But these payouts, are they yeah. payouts or are they just saying we want you to go away and rather than have this drawn-out process that we may or may not be qualified to prosecute, we'll pay you what you would have you would have received had you stayed yeah. here? That's what they're doing. So yeah, that's what they're, they're doing to keep it quiet. And then they do right, these these right. arbitration agreements where there's silence everywhere. It, it doesn't be, you know what? It's just, it's ridiculous. They should just fire people. I don't, you know, I know there's legal fire issues. Them and I know there's like, Fire them for cause. Yeah, just they say don't get sorry. You just can't do this. But the problem is it goes up pretty high. I mean, you know, and it gets complicated too. Uh, you know, it gets complicated is what it was. It, it is because, you know, like with Sergey, which we wrote about quite a lot, it was a consensual relationship, but it also was a work relationship. But it was also, so it, not everything thing fits into these easy buckets yeah, no for doubt. any of these things. And so that's what that's what makes it difficult here. But I think these payments are are in when they are doing these investigations really do shine a bad light on these companies, these these enormous payments. Um, workplaces are complicated places. I'm not letting off sexual harassers anyway, but it, they're complicated and it's so it's it's the money that really to me what I thought the times did a favor uh, and the writers there who worked on that. Um, did a real uh, service in showing that this is what this is what they sort of sweep these things under the table. And I think mm-hmm. that's what I think the the I think that was the most problematic thing is not not the full disclosure, not explaining it, not discussing it, um, and keeping it from people and not allowing people to talk about these things, these arbitration agreements or whatever the kind of things. And I thought that was uh, I thought that was really a fantastic part of that piece. And so, what do you think of the concept know. of an employee walkout? It's like, well, we don't want to give up the mm. free food and the options we're getting, but we're going to walk <laughs> we'll take, out. We'll take kombucha as we walk out the door. I think it just says to these companies, I mean, what's interesting that's happening is a lot of these employees are starting to speak up, whether mm-hmm. it be on uh, drones for the Defense Department or yeah. I, working for ICE or this kind of thing or immigration. They, 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 This is the base of these companies. I hate to use that horrible term, the base. I hate the base anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's such a, oh, it gets thrown about because uh, I think people are more complicated than they just walk in lockstep with people. But I think the, the, these companies have to pay attention to their employees and their desires. And it's going to be really hard because there's going to be a lot of different desires up and down the you know what I mean there's not just liberals there there's conservatives there's all kinds of things so it's kind of an companies are going to have to start saying who they are pretty clearly even if they don't want to 
So yeah, but doesn't that's, it, that's the interesting. So, doesn't it just kind of suck to be a grown-up and part of cashing someone else's check yes, is someone does. above you gets to make God. the decision. If you don't like it, you get to leave the firm. But these right, walkouts? that is absolutely true. Yeah, the, I, I don't know. Come on, come on. Like, I, unions have been hollowed out. Everything. Yeah. Like, let, I like a good protest. Oh, oh come I'm on. Good no. with it. You're, you're equating a, a, a Google full-stack engineer that makes $400,000 a year with a union employee? I just, you know what? Anyone that wants to protest, I'm good with it. It's, and yeah. say something, I'm good with it. Yeah. You can't, like, let rich people can protest. <laughs> rich yeah. people can protest. Yeah, I think it's point. for a good reason, and I think it's a good it's a good point. And I like, uh, you know, I think, for example, those protests in, in uh, Pittsburgh over the Trump visit were very, uh, yep. exactly the kind of thing you have to do. You know, not to generate into violence, but to say your piece, because words matter. And I like that. Thank you very much. But, this, uh, is a, this is a message from the A. <laughs> From, you from your union well representative. Get to the, what is it about Google employees in particular? Because mm-hmm. I keep hearing about Google employees yeah, they who, do. who are you. You know, comfortable you know, trying to break yeah, into China, to but up. they don't want to work for the U.S. Yeah. Defense Department. Well, and the, yeah. It seems yeah, like Google well. employees are especially... I don't know what the term is, persnickety or, you know, irritated. They're persnickety. They've been allowed to be persnickety for most, you know, years ago when I covered Google, I covered it from almost the garage period. Yeah. When it was in Susan Wojcicki's garage. They were able to, like, speak up. They had these meetings yeah. on Fridays where Sergey and Larry let them just yell at them. It was really quite something to see at the time. And I used to really enjoy going to them when they used to let me. Um, but it was, it was you know, everything. Like, I don't like the the chicken Fricassee. I don't like when it wasn't chicken fricassee. It was more like, you know. Like, Why don't we have from? enough food? We don't have enough food from Bali. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, we got to get the ba- Balinese food in here. You know, they would complain about everything. And I yeah. it used to be, and they, they have all these message boards there. It's a crazy amount of message boards where everyone sounds off on every single thing. So, which is a joy for reporters, um, but it's uh, it's a really it's I, you know if there was lawsuits against Google, the discovery would just be fantastic. Like in terms of what they put up on these boards, and there's all ways to communicate. And Google's always been like that. That's been a tenant, a, a part I really like about Larry and Sergey's personalities is that they nothing is off the table in terms of discussing. Other companies are much different, but that one it was was it's a real blabby culture. So you see it as a feature, not a bug. You think it's a good thing about the culture? I like it. I like it. I don't, you know, I like it. They're, they're, some of them are really irritating, but that's okay. I don't mind irritating people. That's why I do this podcast with you. There oh, you go. did I just say that out loud? <laughs> Ba-boom. All right. We're going to take – we can talk about other things, but I think that was a good little talk. We're going to take a quick break. But first, uh, in this next advertiser segment brought to you by QuickBooks, we'll hear from a business owner who turned their side hustle into a full-time career. of small businesses in the U.S. have a workforce of one. But it's not easy turning your skills, your passion, yourself into a business. Here's the story of one guy, Nat, who never backed down and turned his side hustle into his full-time gig. Nat's story is brought to you by QuickBooks. My name is Nat. I teach yoga and I share music for a living. The job I had right before making this leap into teaching was working for a large tech company. I was leading a retreat over in Hawaii, and I think it just clicked. I can do this for a living. There were fears about where I'm at with that career. You know, if I step out now, will I be able to get back in? You know, those moments of fear, I had to just be honest with them and say, I trust this. I mean, it's a total trip to turn yourself into a business. And you have to be confident enough to say, here's who I am and here's what I offer. 
I don't want to get into the mindset of, oh my God, my money, my money. So I use smarter business tools to really kind of check my cash flow and also for tax preparation. That gives me the comfort I need. It's a reminder for me every single time I teach that this life is so short and you got to go out there and just do it. You got to live it up. QuickBooks knows you never back down. That's why they're in your corner with smarter business tools. QuickBooks, backing you. Learn more at quickbooks.com. This has been Advertiser Content. Thanks to the sponsor of our show, QuickBooks, for Nat's story. Now back to our show. Uh, Scott, you had a big failure and a success this week. Talk about what happened to you. Um, You said that, by the way, I'm not getting a—I still don't have a Porsche from last week. But Mm -hmm. what else failed this week? Your failure to get a Porsche. uh, So still working on the Porsche. Um, There is no substitute, by the way. So anyways, and by the way, your Fiesta is headed to the junk heap. Your Porsche would be headed to a museum. And they'd be like, this is what Kara Switzer drove. Anyway. I'm driving my Fiesta to visit Elon Musk, just so you know. That's where, that's how (laughs) how that's going down. Anyway, go Um, ahead, move along. uh, So I I went on, I go on Fox. Uh, I was one of the 89% of Manhattanites that voted for Hillary. I was totally flummoxed by the results and decided... I need to get out of my bubble. And the way I get out of my bubble and touch red states, Kara, is I go on Fox once yeah. a week. Because okay, you walk over the Fox yeah. net. Where is it? On 57th yeah, it's, Street? It's, where know, is it? 1251 6th Avenue. And I generally find it is. Oh, right. People, I used to work for the Wall Street Journal. Of course I know that. Oh, yeah. God. That was actually my Memories. first job was uh, at Morgan Stanley right next door. But anyways, the— I was trying uh, to, like, I, erase like it from my I'm brain. I'm on uh, Varney & Co. with Stuart Varney. I go on Cavuto but with Neil Varney. Cavuto. Hello. Yeah, who else? What was else that noise? On? Can you make that noise again? That's anyway, just noise. I like them both. I think they're both ah. thoughtful. I'm sorry, what's the other one like you them. go on? What's who? that? Who 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 else do you, Varney and who else? Uh, Cavuto, Neil Cavuto. Oh yeah, he's smart. He's smart. He can be smart. He can yeah, be smart. Yeah. I uh, like uh, that Shep Smith. He looks like he's in pain every day of the week there. He's yeah. like, no, they're not a caravan. No, <laughs> he just keeps trying really hard to push back the ocean. Of yeah, I like Shep that too. Comes but anyways, out I, I, yeah. I like them. They're nice to me. They describe me. They introduce me as a socialist, which kind of pisses me off, but they say I'm their least uh, hated. You're not a socialist. Uh, liberal. They're super nice to me. And okay. I went on and I talked about Facebook and they asked me to talk about Facebook management. Yeah. And I said that I thought Zuckerberg and Sandberg would go down is one of the most damaging and destructive or damaging and dangerous oh. management teams in the history of business. Now pass judgment on Sheryl Sandberg. Yeah. She's supposed to be the adult in the room that really yeah. organizes Facebook. What kind of a job is she doing? Uh, an inspiring individual who's written eloquently on personal loss and the important discussion around gender equality in the workplace will go down in history as one of the most dangerous, damaging executives in the history of business. What has she done to Facebook? Uh, well, you, you've heard the term lipstick on a pig. Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg are lipstick on cancer. This has been an organization that has trafficked in content or enabled content for ethnic cleansing. These are apps that make our teens depressed. These, this is a company that has run unfettered and killed other companies. This is a company that because it refuses to screen content and do anything that gets in the way of its supernova business model, has threatened democracies and elections. If these individuals weren't so likable, they would have been out a long time ago, and district attorneys would be talking about bringing charges of criminal negligence against them. Wow, Scott, what do you really think? Yeah, right? So anyways, yeah. and then I want to talk about, I thought Google should be broken up, blah, 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 my usual mm-hmm. rap. Your they whole posted, thing, your whole jam. as these guys do, they posted the video you on YouTube. You did the YouTube. Scott's Greatest Hits, right? You did the Scott's Greatest Hits. There you go. Okay, and then, go so ahead. they posted it on YouTube. 
and got about 10,000 views. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, but I looked yeah. at the comments, and there were 83 mm-hmm. comments, and the 30 comments, the top comments, the ones that got the most upvotes, Uh-oh. of those 30 comments, 50% were either misogynistic or just blatantly anti-Semitic. Yeah. And, I mean, Welcome really, really, comments. really vile shit. I mean, just kind of yep. rattling and really— Got me thinking. And the question I'm going to present to you, and I'm, I'm doing right. a lot of soul searching around this, or what for me constitutes a lot of soul searching. Um, okay. Hashtag high with Elon Musk. But anyways, mm-hmm. so it, 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 is it Fox? Does Fox, first off, who are these people? Is it that, that Fox is, attracts people have more anti-Semitic tendencies? No. Is, it, is it people who are well, weaponizing yes, but... the Fox platform because they believe they can wreak and sow havoc as a bad actor's? coming in who mm-hmm. aren't who they say they are. You know, what is going on here? And then who is responsible? Is it Fox who should not, mm-hmm. who should take this content down? Is it YouTube who should do a better job of employing some sort of basic algorithm when it sees a string of words to yeah. say, sorry, we're taking this down? Or sure. is, it man, is it the man in the mirror? Have I crossed from being provocative to incendiary? Am I walking into a room mm-hmm. that's knee deep in gasoline and passing out lighters? Ah, well, that's a big question, Scott. I think it's all your fault, actually. No, yeah. I don't. Um, here's the deal. I think I think Fox News has done more to bring this culture and country down than any media organization. I think in history, we will look at this as, you know, Rupert Murdoch has really uh, done damage to this the soul of this country be- by, by, by showing, by, by, by inflaming people and, and bringing out our worst tendencies. I, I do, I believe that. It's one of the reasons I don't work for him. I never will work for him. Um, and so I think that's, 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 that's sort of table stakes as far as I'm concerned. In this case, they put it up on YouTube, which is they should do. They have a network. That's what networks do. So I don't think there's anything wrong with them doing that, nor should, do I think they should take it down. I think that's not – like you didn't do anything crazy. You just, you just had a segment, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I don't think there's anything wrong with putting it up. I think YouTube's – what happened to you on YouTube is so common on YouTube. It's crazy. It's every – every they have not been able to get their hands around these comments. Part of me, Susan Wojcicki, who runs uh, YouTube, I know very well. I've bugged her about this like crazy. When I used to search – at one point, I searched ADL, which is Anti-Defamation League, and the first 20 videos were anti-Semitic. Like, mm-hmm. And over at Google, when you search, it's a clean search. Google searches cleanly. Like you, call, you, you do ADL and you get ADL stuff, you know? And so I think it's and – and I always joke with her. I'm like, you know, you're owned by this – the search company that was started in your garage, you might want to get your search better. And she she's trying very hard. But it's I think they they have to do something about the comments because they are vile. And in, if you put up like a, I don't know, just a squirrel video, you get horrible comments. It's it's a real it's a real problem there. It's the the inability to to monitor that. So I bl- I blame YouTube the most. And um, from your point of view, no, I think I think you're saying things that are very strong and having opinions. And in the in the old days, which was like two weeks ago. Um, you you could say things like that and have a civil discussion about it because mm-hmm. I don't think you were saying anything that wasn't unusual. Like people, I, I wrote that in the Times this week. You saw my piece. I was angry, Kara. Um, you know, uh, we're talking about the blame that we need to put on these companies, or it's the shame, really, in, in, because they do not. They've weaponized everything. They've amplified everything, and they're not doing anything to fix it. And they created, they designed these systems so that the hate is is easily facilitated while the good gets zoned out. And so, you know, it's a bigger, bigger issue, but it's a combination, I think, of of, of, of plat- cable platforms, especially Fox. And, you know, I don't want to leave the others out of it, but Fox is really way down that road. And then um, um, and then what, how they handle comments and everything else on these social platforms like YouTube, like Twitter and everything else. And 
you know, I, do you watch Fox regularly? Do you watch it regularly? Uh, no, I, I don't. I mean, only when I'm on it because I'm a narcissist, but I don't. Right, of course. You know, I don't watch a right. whole lot of business television, to be honest. All right. Well, you, one year, one time last year, I, there was a snowstorm in New York, and I was at my mom's apartment. So I was stuck in the apartment for mm-hmm. like mm, 24 hours, essentially. And my mom watches Fox News on fast repeat all, all day long. Yep. It goes on. Yep. And literally by hour 12, I was homicidal. Like listening to it. It was just, and I wasn't even listening. I was like, who do I hate? Like, you know what I mean? Like it was yeah. really, you know, and I think the same, the same things that happen within, uh, people should, of course should look in the mirror and blame themselves, but this stuff is designed to addict you, to inflame you. The, the way it is designed is, is to facilitate virality and engagement. And Are we talking that about Facebook, Twitter, or Fox? All of them. All right. of them. I think they all have the similar things. I think they, they go in lockstep with each other. And I think that's the problem is that we've got cable news. We've got a president who who uses the, both of these things. If you think about it, he's great on Fox and he's great on Twitter, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then we have these platforms that have not done anything responsible that a responsible media company should do. So, therefore, that's my rant. There, there's, no, there's no doubt that we like to think – we like to think that connecting the world is a good thing, but the reality is the species is. is pretty tribal. The problem is when right. you connect them and let them enter into these hermetically sealed cohorts where the underlying engine of the fuel tries to figure out if you lean left or right and then push you further and further left or further and further right mm-hmm. such that you can begin hating each other. And the reality is rage is incredibly powerful to increase engagement clicks in Nissan sure. ads. If the and, pillars, as Nicole Wong talked about, are engagement, virality, and speed, that's what you're going to get. If you change mm-hmm. it to accuracy, context, and other things, it changes. You can you can help people be better people. You can always help people be, you know, don't act like beasts, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know, like the, the fork helped us do that. Like there's all kinds of tools yeah. that allow people to be better people. And so— uh, I, you know, this stuff is hard to resist. And, and there's been a lot of, like, really good articles about how hard this is to resist, how hard it is not to, have to pull away from it. Yeah. And when you are when you have your leaders, like, pushing it out all the time, and it just is, it's super hard not to feel sick to your stomach almost consistently. And that's what they want. They want us to be fearful, hateful, and hungry so that we eat sugar. You know what I mean? Like, it literally is like, I well, hate to sound like Michael Moore It's a great Moore business here, model. It's yeah, a great, it's a great business, business model. model. Fox tapped into it. Yeah. Now I would argue MSNBC, which I watch, but they're they they're envious yeah. of Fox's business model, and they say pretty. I don't want to call them incendiary, but provocative things. They are. They're, they are. They were doing the Hillary thing over and over. And I was. Yeah. I kept tweeting, "Hey, that's not what she said." And I, I work for MSNBC. Some. I mean, I have a contract with them to do sp- longer specials, but I was like, a lot of their some of their comment their people their correspondents. I was like, that's not what happened, people. And it was still, you know, again, it's just. It's just in order to create, um, I don't know, create constant engagement in a way that's so not So you know how healthy. I think you solve the YouTube problem? Yeah. I think it's super easy. I think you shut it down for a week. I think the Senate oh. Intelligence Committee and a senator says a bill that this platform is well, a national security risk. Well, okay, hold on. It's national right. security risk. Close it down for five days. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it uh, out. I don't know. I always thought Facebook, that would have been a great grand— I love grand gestures, and I thought it would have been a grand gesture on Facebook's part— to shut it down for a week exactly. after Cambridge Analytica. That would yeah, have been we something. We need to else figure this out. We need to figure this so out. Any wins this week, Scott? And then we got to get to predictions. We got to get out of here. So you're gonna you're gonna make fun of me, but my win of the right. week is love, as expressed by Sandra Day O'Connor, and she's uh, catalyzed a really interesting conversation around the difference mm-hmm. between old and young love. Young love is mostly 
you love someone else to get something oh, in return. Sad. And Sandra Day O'Connor uh, was very open about her husband who's suffering from dementia. And one day she showed up oh, yes, and he was with another, with another woman holding her hand and in yes. love with her. And she talked very openly about old love is your capacity to just care for someone else and be concerned yep. with their happiness. And, you know, first Supreme, female Supreme Court justice in, in, a, in a later stage of her life, talking about just an incredibly moving and important discussion about what it means, you know, to really love someone. And it was an inspiring article. And, oh, uh, Scott. Isn't that nice? What are you doing? Now you're Carol, hold me. me. I'm a delicate little flower, <laughs> but it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful I article. I always like Sandy and, Day. And, you know, you have kids. I've decided I, yeah. I'm segmenting love. I'm in market. There's young love. Yeah. Or there's the love you get when you're a kid, when you just get unconditional love from your caregivers and grandparents. There's transactional love. When you're adult, where you want other love back, mm-hmm. or sex, or intimacy, or companionship, and then there's kind of this complete eternal love where you just decide to give into caring for someone oh else. My God. And I just, Jeez, I'm just decided. Oprah. Okay, I've just decided <laughs> okay. that this win, this woman bringing up eternal love and showing us how rewarding it is. I'm going to call for lunch in a minute. That's my next lunch. Yeah, and I'm not even, I'm not even, I, you know, I'm not even high today, Kara. I didn't even drink today, All so. Right. All but, right. Yeah, I love All right. this. New York okay. Times article, okay. Sandra Day O'Connor talking about old All right. Old Fantastic. Love. Also, What's there was a really win? good New York Times. Top that, Kara. Uh, Maggie Haberman. Top that. Maggie Haberman's piece with Dan, with Barbara Streisand talking about pancakes and Trump. I just, I love Maggie Haberman. She's a friend of mine. And she wrote a fantastic piece about Barbara Streisand and her new album, which is an anti-Trump album, essentially. And it was just... Literally, there's this whole thing about healthy pancakes at the end that I just wanted to like. It was chef's kiss of a piece. That's what I would say. Do you know Barbara Streisand? She called me once years ago to talk about internet stocks out of the blue. I thought it was my mother playing a joke on me, but it was in fact Barbara Streisand. Probably the best this was voice years of the 20th ago. century. Ugh, like butter. Anyway. I mean, just uh, Butter incredible. is delicious on pancakes, by the way. Anyway, so uh, predictions. Let's do predictions, and then we got to go. Scott, I got things to do. I got to take my staff out to lunch, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what, what predictions? Give me a prediction. The, the elections are coming. We will, when we come back, we will know the, the end of the story. So I just couldn't have been more wrong around anything chapter. political. For, so I'm staying away from that. Uh, 2020, I've decided, I'm sorry, 2019, mm-hmm. maybe by the end of 2020, Amazon is going to prophylactically spin AWS, which will be one of the 10 most valuable Uh companies on the IPO. I like it. The guy who runs it is really, Andy Jassy is really interesting. I like him a lot. That's interesting. That's that's probably exactly what's going to happen. I like that idea because then they're going to do it so they don't get it done to them, right? That will cause Get out ahead. He's smarter than us. Yeah, not only that, if you look at the spin. By the way, think about what genius move this is, Kara, because how do you play the cloud right now? Now the uh, Red Hat's taken off the table. The only way to play the cloud yeah. is to it's climb through a software company. But hold on. Red how do you hat play? is hot. Uh, you're diverted by hat. So Red Hat. So uh, back to my okay. original question. If you're an investor, how do you mm-hmm. play the cloud? What's a pure play cloud company right now yep, to invest in? That's true. There is no. Amazon. That's, and that's it's actually, the, Scott, that's brilliant. It's another it's brilliant fastest, Amazon insight. It's the fastest, most profitable, interesting part of technology right now, and there's no way to play it. A pure play cloud company? <laughs> Ton, and much, nice. less, much less the market leader. Oh my gosh, you want to talk about a multiple of revenues, crazy valuation. Yep. Yeah, they're, wow. they're just now, circles around and now Google. They have Amazon, and now say. they have Amazon Media Group to shuffle profits to subsidize the retail platform so they can put all uh-huh. 11 million retail employees out of business. So they can, it used to be oh, AWS yeah. subsidizing 
the retail platform so they could dump retail the same way the Chinese dump mm-hmm. steel into America. But, you know, we call it innovation, not dumping. Now they have Scott, AMG. they're only 1% of retail, according to Amazon. Go ahead. That's their thing. Yeah, well, that, that's gotten gotten so many 50, emails They're 50% of e-commerce. But anyways, uh, third of cloud, 80% of wealth households, prime. Anyway, I could go on. But I think I, I think I think Bezos is going to spin AWS. Genius move. I in like my this opinion. I thought I think that's brilliant, and I think you're right. I think that's 100 percent right. I think I will leave you with that prediction. I do not know what's going to happen in the midterm election. I'm not going to even say because I don't want to be wrong. Um, so we will see. Yours. Get yeah, out. What, what's your prediction? What? I don't. I don't get that to be you wrong are in isolation. About this Amazon. I think you are correct about this Amazon thing. I don't have predictions. You're the prediction guy. I don't make predictions. I just. I just do okay, crazy elections. screeds elections and rants. Elections coming up in a week. I don't know if we're going to. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? House, Senate. What do you think is going to happen? No idea, but I would like Stacey Abrams to be the first African-American woman to be the governor of Georgia. That impressive be, person. I've done had her on the podcast. Oh, I yeah, love her. She's amazing. Person. She's amazing and deserves it. And that guy who's running against her is just awful. Um, so I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's gonna. It's a critical, as, as Hillary said, it's the most critical election, uh, the most consequential election happening in, in our history, in, in our recent history. Um and I would agree with you. Well, it'll matter if if he if they don't win the house, it'll it'll be Trump crazy for a long time, and I think we'll all regret, especially the stuff around that he's now saying about birthright and oh, it just like goes on. You know, it just oh, goes on. By the way, you know, I have a the, crush yeah. on. I'm curious to see what you Who? think. Is uh, this Beto guy? Oh my gosh, Beto. Yeah, everyone has a crush on Beto. Oh my goodness. Supposedly, even Ted Cruz crush. has a crush on him and keeps pulling him up <laughs> on his tablet and staring at him. <laughs> This guy, I think, by the way, you want to talk about him to me? I think he could be president even if he loses this election. I, just, I think we should just just vote him coolest dude, dude-in-chief oh kind of that thing. That hair. And he even really the way, is cool. Even the way he sweats is kind of dreamy. He doesn't yeah, like have yeah, a— He okay, just Scott, literally just sweats like crazy. Scott, Scott, you have to— This is getting weird, isn't it? Is this getting, getting weird? weird. <laughs> so we're going to pull out. Pull out, okay. Scott. Okay. Beto, Scott, I'm going to get you a Beto T-shirt. Where's the ripcord? I am Pull so into cord. this guy. Right. I'm seriously you thinking of finding right. a taxes. And scene. Okay. Oh my gosh. It's a great, it's a great gay dreaming. non-gay love story that we're gonna move on from. Ooh. That guy in the fiesta. Right. Imagine it. Imagine it. Yes, he, he has a fiesta. He drives around it. He drives in a similar like it's like a Corolla. It's in that genre of car. So you know what I mean? You don't like mine, but you like Beto. It's just because he's Beto. Also his name, Beto. I mean, them on the debate like stage, it's like I look at him, oh, I'm like, depressing. I'm so hot. And then I look at Cruz, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I mean, oh, this, it's like, it's literally like the X literally and Y Literally, the only thing people of all sides do. It, I, was in, I told you I was in Washington, and I was at a dinner party, and everyone's like, the only thing people can agree on is we all hate Ted Cruz. It was really it was yeah, very and he's funny. probably going to win. Watching. That's what they say. That's what the polls are they're saying. Oh, more Ted Cruz. What can, we, what can we do? Oh, well. This is our cross to bear. Anyway. There you go. Um, Scott, did we miss anything? I think we're fine. We're you, good. me, Elon, Zach Braff in and South Beto. Beach. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> Beto has to be there. <laughs> it, sounds, it literally sounds like a bad, bad gay sitcom. All right, Scott, thanks. I'm looking forward to talking next week. By the way, if you have questions for us or stuff you'd like to hear us cover on the podcast, shoot us an email at pivot at voxmedia.com. Our show is produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Nishat Kurwa is Vox Media's executive producer of audio. Thanks also to Eric Johnson. And thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. Join us next week for more breakdown on all things tech and business. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening.
This is Scott Galloway. I founded nine businesses, and eight of those nine businesses, a key partner has been QuickBooks, which enables the management team to focus on the levers of really driving value and also provides a dashboard to gain insight into the key operations and finances of the company. QuickBooks has been a pillar of my entrepreneurial efforts. Check out QuickBooks.com.